The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Larissa Moore. It's Wednesday the 19th of February. In your Squiz today, climate change back on the agenda, evidence of China's persecution of Uyghurs, Coles underpays its staff, and tech lessons from the Amish. This is your Squiz today. Starting off with climate change this morning, Claire, policies to reduce carbon emissions is something that vexes both sides of politics. But as a signatory to the 2015 Paris Agreement, Australia, along with the rest of the world, is due to set a new long-term emissions goal. The goal that's being talked about is net zero emissions by 2050. What is that? <laughs> yes, and uh, vexes really is a polite way of putting it, isn't it? It's it's a, it's a very difficult thing. Yes. Net zero emissions means that you don't emit more carbon than you can offset through things like carbon capture, uh, planting trees and the like. There's all sorts of projects that can actually reduce your carbon uh, offsets. So uh, when it comes to setting targets and looking at that goal to achieve it by 2050, it's something that the UK is really driving towards and they're hosting this big conference in November in Scotland. Uh, It's also a target that other developed countries are looking at. But of course, it's a difficult thing for Australia because we have uh, very carbon heavy industries like mine mining, like agriculture and like transport. So it's really a concept that we're going to be talking a lot about this year. Prime Minister Scott Morrison yesterday spoke about a technology investment target. How does this fit in with Australia's current thinking on this? So because getting to net zero emissions by 2050 is something that's very difficult for Australia and certainly politically is very difficult, not just for the coalition, but for Labor as well because of our big mining industries and agriculture industries, what has been floated is that instead you set a target that looks at the sort of investment that you can make in technology to reduce emissions as being the goal rather than the actual net zero being the goal. So it's something that Scott Morrison says that is speculative at this point. It's something that they're looking at, uh, but it might be a way to diffuse the political debate. And I think we can expect to hear a lot about it this year. Strap yourselves in. Yeah, it's going to be another long one, guys. On to an update on COVID-19 now, Claire. And China has released a whole bunch of new data from their study of 44,000 cases. What are the key takeouts? So there's 73,000 confirmed cases globally to have a study that looks at 44,000 of them, particularly in that Ubay province, is quite uh, significant for medical researchers. What it's found is that about 80% of the cases have been mild and it's the sick and the elderly who are most at risk. When you look at the mortality rate of this COVID-19 outbreak, the overall uh, mortality rate in China is 2.3%. When you compare it to something like SARS, which is another type of coronavirus outbreak, it had a rate of 9.6%. Of course, there's a lot more cases uh, of COVID-19, so it's something that health officials are still really trying to come to terms about how big it could be. The Uyghurs are an ethnic minority in Western China. They're considered by the United Nations to be victims of human rights abuses at the hands of the Chinese government. This is something that Beijing denies. But there's new evidence has come to light of persecution, Claire. 
The Xinjiang region of China, which is in the west there, has been uh, the focus of a lot of attention, uh, particularly from big media outlets internationally, to try and get to the bottom of exactly what's happening there. And more documents have been released uh, this week that show that the Chinese authorities really are keeping a very close eye on the Uyghurs. Uh, There's a spreadsheet that's been released that includes really intimate details of many Uyghurs' daily lives, including where they pray, uh, how often they pray, whether they have a passport or whether they've even applied for a passport, suggesting that they might be trying to get out. Uh, Also, whether they have a beard or wear veils. So very personal details. Mm. And what that spreadsheet uh, apparently is being used for is to help authorities make decisions about whether they should go to internment camps, which the Chinese deny that they are internment camps. They say that they're training camps, uh, but there's a lot of evidence to suggest that China is systematically sending uh, hundreds of thousands of the Uyghurs to these camps to be brainwashed and re-indoctrinated into a more Chinese way of thinking. So it's something that the world is paying close attention to. If this is all new to you and you want to get across the background and context to this, we've just published a Squiz Shortcuts episode on the Uyghurs and the Rohingya, who are another ethnic minority facing person. Persecution. They are heavy topics for sure, but they're set to continue being in the news. So have a listen to that podcast episode. It's about 11 minutes for the context to what's happening. There's a link in the episode notes or you can find it by searching Squiz Shortcuts in your podcasting app. Back home now and thousands of Australians, especially younger Australians, are walking away from private health insurance, voting with their feet, as they say, 47,000 younger Australians, so those under the age of 34, have dropped their private health insurance in the last year, Claire. It's a real issue for any sort of insurance pool where you've got young people dropping out and older people joining. What's happening in the numbers is that older people are taking up private health insurance to try and cover the increasing costs of getting health care. So that's a real issue. Uh, what it seems to be down to is, of course, the high cost of private health uh, versus the sort of benefits that people are getting. And as younger people uh, who aren't getting wage increases like the rest of Australia and are really struggling to make ends meet, it's a difficult thing. Also struggling to make ends meet are some managers from Coles. Coles is the latest retailer to admit to underpaying staff. Um, Managers in their supermarkets and alcohol division were underpaid over the past six years by as much as $20 Coles says that it's about 5% of those managers, uh, which totals to about 1% of its entire workforce, but still uh, it's underpaid them $20 million. They revealed that yesterday as they uh, announced their financial results for the first half of this current financial year. When you compare it to Woolworths' underpayment of $200 million uh, of its staff, a a thing that was uncovered last year, uh, certainly it's something that the government is concerned about. And Attorney General Christian Porter yesterday said that the government's looking at some sort of legislation that would make it a criminal offence in these sort of bad cases. He says it's just not good enough. When we think of successful technology adaptation, the Amish probably aren't the first group of people that come to mind. (laughs) Perhaps not. Understatement of the year, maybe. Yeah. 
It could be that they're doing it a whole lot better than the rest of us, Claire. Well, I was just surprised that they allow any technology into their communities, but apparently they do use technology, particularly in their work, uh, more so their work than their home lives. But they have a little process apparently where uh, someone in the community might come forward and say that they want to introduce a new technology into their lives. Uh, They vote on whether that will actually strengthen or weaken their relationships uh, and then they make a decision about it. So, yeah, it's a really interesting... Interesting concept. concept. Yeah, really interesting one. (laughs) I'm trying to picture these conversations taking place in uh, living rooms around Australia and the (laughs) chaos that would ensue, but, you know. Family vote about whether you need a new streaming app. I I think we all know (laughs) how many hands in the air. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's a really interesting read, so head to the Squiz Today email to check that out. What's the subject line today? I've gone for Kylie Minogue's slow, the lyric being slow down and dance with me. That's because, of course, I think the Amish uh, have a really nice slow kind of approach to tech. I might try and take a leaf out of their book when I look at my screen time. (laughs) It's not the best. (laughs) I think that's all from us today. Have a great day and we will chat to you tomorrow. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com.au. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website.